We cover our bases, face it, you can't erase us Back and forth, watch where it take us Cultural topics and sports, baby, you know we got it Always our response is amazing Our bases covered, yeah Yeah, you know you love it, our thoughts, they be off of the dome First to the second, the topics, they change like the weather Then you know we bringing it home We cover our bases, face it, you can't erase us Back and forth, watch how we shine Cultural topics and sports, baby, you know we got it Always our responses be prime Our bases covered, Woo. Yeah, you know you love it, no limits to where we can go So do grab a seat Oh no, this ain't MLB, but you know it's time for the show All bases covered, my brothers, yeah, you know you Welcome to a Monday edition of the All Bases Covered podcast We got a big show for uh, you today uh, A lot of fantasy football talk with the season starting next week And a lot of drafts happening this week NFL cut down day tomorrow we got Joe on the line. We got Sam. Big news, sort of. I talked to him earlier today. We'll see if he ends up joining, but Tommy is supposed to be on the show today. Bigfoot sighting, huh? Yeah, yeah. All right. So, Don't hold uh, your breath. What's that? Don't hold your breath. Well, he just texted me. He says uh, he won't make the first segment, but he will be here. Don't hold your breath. All right, all right. Let's see what happens. We're still waiting on Josh. Josh fulfilled his punishment in spectacular fashion this past weekend. So, did you put it up on uh, Twitter? I did. I did. And all I, tagged, have- I tagged Dan Cisco from the California Sports Guy, letting him know. So, awesome. Yeah. All we have to do is yep. threat his, uh, his hairy chest. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Josh is with us now. Josh, what's up, buddy? What up, y'all? It's Scuba Steve. <laughs> we, uh, you went out there spectacular fashion, so we'll see what the uh, pyramid of punishment has in store for all of us later this season. Um, I, I had this actually in the rundown to go to in in segment three, but I feel like we're not going to get there if we wait because of all the college football and fantasy football talk we're going to have today. So I want to, I want to start out real quick before, before we get to fantasy football, it was this fucking hilarious video. And obviously the video, but I got the audio from the video, but it was a dude. There was these people, these animal activists protesting and yelling. And there's this man eating his lunch and he's eating a kebab in front of these people. And, and these vegans are just absolutely losing their fucking minds. And so let me just uh, play this clip for you. Alone if he wants to eat it, who gives a fuck? Was I mean, 
acted like he was sitting there like stabbing puppies in the fucking street. They basically were acting as if he was he had just killed whatever animal animal products were in his kebab, and he was actually like gutting it and cleaning it and cooking it right in front of them. He might as well have been doing that. Did I hear the activists say at one point, "Wet pussy"? Did I hear that right? I don't know. I, I, don't I, I heard that, that too. I heard uh, okay. your small dick and wet pussy or something like that. Can we play it again? And let's get to the. Uh, let's try. Let's try to hear. Let's try to decipher it again. Let's see here. Hold on. The woman that starts screaming. Nothing. You're gonna die on your own without fucking What? Paul, it feels fucking good. You and your small dick and your pussy way. How dare you eat meat? How dare you? Fucking shit, man. They they do remember that a lot of their makeup products were tested on animals first. So I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah, and the shoes that they wear are also made of leather. So, well, yeah, and the purses exactly. that they wear are also used and made with leather and animal yeah. products, so, animal skins. Now, alligator, snake, you know, all that stuff. Uh, I will tell you, and uh, you guys know because you know I have such a a, a wonderful physique. Um, I am against the uh, cruelty and mistreatment of fruits and vegetables. Um, so. Yeah, I know. I hear the I hear the the potatoes scream and and the garlic and everything when they're pulled out of the ground. Speaking of meat, why the fuck is chicken wings still so goddamn expensive? Dude, Our everyone and their mother just wild over chicken wing stuff. prices are going down, but they haven't gone down yet, and it's football season. And they're still expensive as fuck. Just throwing that out there. Yeah. Since we're talking about eating meat. You know, <laughs> which is like a lot of meat. Oh, my bad. The like, other way. So. I love yeah. it. We, we all know Louis Spanks is meat a little too much. Oh, does that feel good, you small dick? Choking the chicken? Are we, Mike? <laughs> does, that, does that feel good with your small dick? You fucking you pussy. pussy <laughs> I kind of want to eat like a hamburger in front of some of these vegans and like, mmm, like get it all over my face and like. Say what again? Say what again? I dare you! I double dare you, motherfucker! Say what one more goddamn time? <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! Um... I, I, when we have like oh, people, our our society has just. Our society has become morons who copy TikTok and who who fucking shout at one another when you don't agree with everything that they have to. Whatever say. happened to letting people just be themselves and you know they're not bo- he wasn't bothering anybody else by eating that kebab, was he? No, man, he was just no. standing there. He was just standing there eating while they all shouted in his face. We have literally, <laughs> yeah. literally became a society. Of leave me alone, but I'm gonna fuck you up. Was this in California by any chance? I don't know, man. I I, I want to say it was in England, 
I want to say it was in, in like, in, in England, it, it, because it was oh picked up by a lot of European outlets and not too many American outlets. Uh, although a lot of those voices didn't sound English or European. Those little right, voices. Right. So it sounded uh, California. That's not pretty American right there. Like, <laughs> hey, you small dick, you pussy wet. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, so Mike, I watched this guy on YouTube called Joe Newsom, and he does Redneck Word of the Day, and I'm telling you, yeah. you have to watch it. Well, you sent me absolutely. I sent you a, I sent you a couple of them, but they're absolutely hilarious. <laughs> if there are any animal activists listening, please do not pick it in front of Mike Louie's house. When he says he's choking the chicken, he's choking something else. Thanks, Joe. And if, and if you do decide to pick it, just make sure you give Mike a good advance so he'll be smoking some meat. Uh, you know, for you guys. Was that Louie hitting the button because he got pissed off again? Uh, no, I didn't get pissed off. That was just uh, Joe, Joe, Joe thinks he's a, you know, a supreme leader with, with the soundboard now. That wasn't Joe. That was me. Yeah, that's a joke, son. Don't you get it? See, I knew it was Louie who did it. I didn't think Joe had enough balls to do it, so. It had to be Louie. <laughs> it's oh, not a matter of does Joe have the balls to do it. It's just, I got to clean up this soundboard because there's so much shit on here. <laughs> are, are you cleaning up uh, Louie's mess from after he choked his chicken? It's fried lice, you click. There we go. Let's All right, so we wasted te- 10 minutes on, on a guy eating a kebab and talking about you jerking off. So are we going to yeah. move forward? or? I think we're going to move forward. It's considering that Joe is not mean... recycling jokes in 1996. Hey, we, we also know. Hey, it was a good year, man. Gold won. You know, Yankees were relevant. Everything was good. They're relevant now uh, in the season. I mean, I do at, we'll least, at least the Yankees are relevant, and Nebraska is still irrelevant. Ouch. Hey, we're going to get to that. Yo, Mike, you get get ready to take a beating, man. I don't know who at the crickets, but, Mike, you're going to take a beating when it comes to Nebraska, dude. That was pathetic. Just, pathetic. All right, just, I just need you to fuck right off for, for the time being. <laughs> um, all right. Fantasy football is upon us next week. Next Thursday starts the kickoff of the NFL season. Uh, a lot of fantasy drafts happening. Uh, Josh and myself had our PPR 10-team 10, 10 draft last night at uh, Twin Peaks. So, yeah, good place to do it, huh? Yeah. And who came? Yeah. And who came out number one with the A minus? Josh, Josh had a great draft, but before we get to some of our individual teams, I wanted to talk a little bit about some value picks, guys that were picked uh, that either lasted past where they were normally supposed to go or guys that uh, are being picked a little bit later that are going to give you tremendous value. Um, Josh. Uh, Is this a full-point PPR, Mike? I'm sorry. Full-point PPR. Okay. Yeah. All right. So – there was um, quite a few good value picks last night, uh, but the first one that I want to call out that I was actually kind of surprised was still there in this round 
But uh, Ramondre Stevenson in round nine to Billy was, a, I think, a very good value pick. I think he was like the 20th or 21st running back off the board at that point. Yeah. And I, I think he has a good shot of possibly taking the job all year. He, he does, and he's out been out playing Damian Harris and, and others. So I, I think Ramondre Stevenson there was a was a pretty excellent value pick, uh, especially in, in round nine. Um, we had a few others though. Um, Josh, uh, Josh actually stole somebody uh, uh, with a great value. Um, Landing, uh, where were you, Josh, on this one? Oh, yeah, also in round nine, landing Chase Edmonds. Um, they just cut Sony Michelle. It's basically Edmonds and Mostert. And Mostert and maybe Miles Gaskin. Who knows? But Edmonds is going to see a lot of the passing down works, a lot of a lot of the passing downs, and he'll probably carry the ball maybe like 12 times. And most the ball 10, 11 times or so. But I, I think getting him there around I, I see Moser taking the job, like, like I'm talking like 15, 18 carries, 20 carries a game. Okay, and maybe Edmonds getting like eight carries and then yeah. catch five, six. Yeah. yeah, I think Moser knows the offense a little bit better than Chase Edmonds. But, and, and from what I've – everything I've read is they were kind of just holding Moser out because of his injury history. So, no, I guess so we'll the see. The thing is, with both those backs in Miami, both those backs – they're not good by themselves. Like Mostert can't be durable enough to be a three down back. Uh, and, and Edmonds is not big enough to be a three down back either, in my right. opinion. But so collectively, this is like a one, a one B in my opinion, type of scenario you have, you're going to go with the hot hand and Mostert. The thing is Mostert's got like, he's got very deceptive speed. Even with his injury history, he's still super. He's got the wheels to, to go. Yeah. And um, that, that's a good thing for the offense because you already have Tyreek, you know, going. You could do a little delay where they think Ty- Tyreek's going long and give it to Mostert, and he's beating those linebackers out like and 25, that's 30 yards. Waddle can blaze too. Yeah, Waddle, exactly. I didn't even talk about Waddle. And, and yeah. that's just, the again, the tip of the iceberg. So I think that with the whole concept of how they want to move quick, uh, Mostert fits to be a good back. But Ed- Edmonds is a great change of pace. Uh, you know, back and I know everyone anointed him the starter, kind of when uh, when preseason was going on and, and you know uh, off season minicamp OTAs whatever. But at this point right now, since they got rid of Michelle, I I knew that Michelle was going to be gone. At this point, I still see Mostert as like uh, the heavy lifting kind of back. Okay. Okay. Um, there was a. It's hard to call a guy that was picked in the in the third round value but but Joe Perel landing Alvin Kamara with the first pick of the third round is that's a steal. It is that's a steal, dude. Steal. That's yeah. highway robbery and like while you're robbing the bank you're staring at the cameras and saying hi mom. Yeah. So that gives that gives Joe a backfield of Jonathan Taylor and Alvin Kamara. So that's yeah, oh, and Aaron Jones. He went running back, running back, running back with his first three picks. Oh, that's so dangerous. Even though so we're dangerous. in a PPR league. <laughs> I know, but all three of the backs, I mean, sorry, uh, outside of Taylor maybe, but Kamara and Jones are receiving backs as well as running backs. That, that is true. That is true. And then, yeah. and then 
Uh, so he had actually four of his first six picks for running backs as he took Damian Harris in the sixth round. And uh, then he went quarterback. He didn't take a starting wide receiver until the seventh round when he picked up Juju Smith-Schuster. So the, what receivers did he have? So Joe has Juju and Brandon Cooks and Brandon Ayuk. Oh, he has Ayuk? And, and he's got Chris Olave. No, that's Josh, sorry. And he's got Devontae Parker and Robert Woods. Okay, so look, I think that team is still set up for, like, a lot of success because – It is. It is. You know – I really, really like the fact that I, I might be a number one receiver on that San Francisco. Team, he might you know? be. He's he. That was a steal where he. And died. why I think that is because there's Debo. He's gonna get his picks. He, you know, he's gonna get his shots right. But they're yeah. gonna use him in different ways too. The only thing that could hold Joe back is he he has one quarterback and he took Lamar Jackson in the fourth round. And in fact. He took Lamar Jackson over Mahomes and Justin Herbert, as well as Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Matthew Stafford. He's expecting some rushing touchdowns from Jackson. But Lamar yep. has struggled. Josh, you saw it last year. Lamar has not done anything. Uh, really. No, no, but this year, no, this year, so this year the Ravens still have, have J.K. Dobbins, who's coming off of a, a big injury. Yeah. And they have who's their backup? They have a decent backup. Gus Edwards. No, no, no. They just they they have, they Edwards on on the he's on the quarterback. He's out for the first four weeks. Yeah, okay, I'll I'll come back to you. Mike Davis. Is that who yeah, there you go, Mike Davis. Yes, that's the name I was looking for. So Mike Davis is serviceable as a running back. Again, he's serviceable as a running back, and I think having a serviceable running back makes Lamar actually more dangerous when it comes to running. So, I, I don't know. Maybe you could see the upside of touchdowns, but I well, don't so know, let, man. Let me say this. The rushing, yeah, it's going to be there. Last year, he had one big game where he went over 100 yards. Then he had uh, – or two games where he went over 100 yards. And then he had another game where he was at 88. But here's my concern. Last season, Lamar Jackson had two games where he went over 300 yards passing. One of them was an overtime game against the Colts when they were down, when they were down like 25 to three, and they ended up winning 31 to 25, uh, where he threw for 442, four touchdowns, and he rushed for another. Yeah, season. I think we were watching that game, and we're like, "Yo, he can actually throw. Why aren't they doing this?" Yeah, that was a massive game. Other than that, here are his yards passing. 253, one touchdown, one interception. 165, one touchdown, four interceptions. 238, one touchdown, one interception, three touchdowns, two interceptions. 250, 257 yards passing, one touchdown, zero interceptions. 167 yards passing, one touchdown, two interceptions. And then 287, one and one, 239, one and two. So save for a 316 yard passing game, yard passing game where he had just one touchdown and 28 yards rushing. And then that 442 where he had like basically 500 yards of total offense himself. And here were Lamar Jackson's fantasy totals. Uh, if you exclude that 442 game where he got 65 points, it was like, it was like 23, 10, 18. Uh, 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 sorry, 38, 
24, eight, uh, 17, 26. So, so those numbers don't sound like a, like a, you want you the other quarterbacks you mentioned have way better numbers than that. Yeah, especially in our league, when you get bonus points for going over 300 yards and having 40 yard completions, 40 yard not only 40 yard completions but 40 yard touchdowns. That's why if you get a guy that like like Mahomes or like Burrow or like Josh Allen who can hit those 60 yard passes down the field for touchdowns or completions, right. they get a lot of. I points. mean, I can't complain. I had Allen last year and. I just liked looking at his totals every week, you know. Yeah, so well, um, that, that's why I drafted him. Yeah, you yeah. Got Alan, Alan's gonna have another monstrous year, bro. Another monstrous year. Well, I mean, Josh, yeah. You, I, mean, I, I never, I never seen somebody get so pissed off after my first round pick than Louie did. Thinking Jamar <laughs> Chase is gonna drop to him. Like, dude, come on! Oh, uh, you stole it right under his nose, huh? Oh yeah, yeah. What he, he no, knew, I, I think uh, he knew what my my strategy was. I said it. I said it on here before. Was I am going? I like to draft wide receiver. Wide receiver is my first two picks in PPR. I'd rather yeah. get two big number one receivers to run my team. Yeah. So, so yeah, standard works completely back, differently, but, man. Yeah. Standard works way different than than. Oh, uh, I know. PPR works. So like, I, our, our I, I draft, our 12-team standard draft that's been going for 10 years straight now, that that is damn near all Madden. <laughs> it's wild how people draft. It, we don't have bad teams in that league. Everyone's in contention because everyone knows their football, I guess. Yeah. Well, we, we have one or two bad teams in our league. that, that I wish we had some frittatas in our league, too, that we can just count for wins, but we don't. But, you know, you know what was surprising is in round three of our league, there was a lot of reaches. Ezekiel Elliott went with the second pick of the third round. Uh, Saquon Barkley went with the third pick of the third that's round. That's good value, though. That's, I think that's still good value, man. No, not when there's other players that yeah, could have helped. Uh, yeah, maybe. Possibly. Possibly, you're right. PPR is different. I'm, again, I'm looking at it from a different perspective. Yeah. I mean, and then James Conner going with the fourth. So you had Zeke, Saquon, and James Conner all go in a row. And then Brees Hall was the sixth pick of the third round. And I think Brees Hall would have been there later. Um, but, you know, Zeke, Saquon, and James Conner got picked over Elijah Mitchell, Keenan Allen, uh, Mark Andrews, J.K. Dobbins, Cam Akers. Terry McLaurin, Travis Etienne. Uh, yeah, you have a couple of names in there that I would take over the names that were put. Yeah. So those are, uh, but I think, I think it's easy to say it right now, and you guys will probably some of you might might agree with me, but I I I think Saquon Barkley is a full blown bust this season. I I think his time in New York is done after this year. I, I think he'll he'll have, he'll prove just enough to have another team want him. But I don't think you're going to have an explosive year from him either. And then the other bust. That he'll I, be not serviceable. Like you, you'll ha- he'll be more than serviceable on weeks where he drops, you know, like uh, 120 yards rushing, 50 yards receiving, and, and two touchdowns combined. You know? That's not going to happen. None of those happen. Uh, you never know. You never know. Saquon Barkley's going to finish the year 
with like 700 yards rushing with a 3.3 yards per carry average, and maybe he'll have 30 catches. For you like, have to understand the teams that some of those NFC East teams, like they don't have Chase Young for the first five, four weeks. Uh, you know, the commanders front line is weak. Uh, Eagles front line is weak. Quan can have easy games against teams that have shit defensive lines, you know? So, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to completely write him off because I've done that at the beginning of the year, and I'm kind of turning my tune a bit in the sense where I don't I don't think he's going to show, you know, in any means what he used to be, but I think he'll have he'll be serviceable and, and from a fantasy standpoint. I mean, and last I, year I think he he's going to get a lot of his yards in the third, mid to third, late fourth quarter is when he'll probably get a lot of his yards. Yeah, that's, and that's exactly what I'm thinking. And, and maybe blowout games or something where they have nothing to prove and they've already lost. Uh, I don't know. Defense is tired. It could be, you know, one of, one of many of those, you know, permutations or combinations, right? So his stat line, his rookie year of 1,300 yards rushing, 11 touchdowns, 91 catches for 721 yards and four touchdowns. But he obviously hasn't been near any of that. But that – that stat line there is what I think DeAndre Swift can do this season. If he stays I can agree with that. No, I can agree with that. I definitely see uh, something like that happening. If he can stay healthy, that's a big if. But, so I just want to point out, you guys. He'll be out week five. Last year, Barkley played in 13 games. He only missed four games. He played I know, four. but you know what? When he, when you come off that many injuries and you, have a, you still have a shit O-line from year to year, uh, you know, um, you need a, a full season almost to kind of get acclimated back to it. We'll see. He still has a shit offensive line, and he still has That's what I'm saying. It, things haven't changed for him, but yeah. I think this year he will be smarter. That's okay. what I think. Let's see. Um, all right. So we were in the middle of drafting when we heard the news about Brian Robinson. In fact, Josh told us, I thought Josh was bullshitting because I thought Josh was eyeballing Brian Robinson. It does sound like he's expected to make a pretty full recovery. He's supposed to be, I think, released either this evening or tomorrow. Um, so, uh, obviously, the, the uh, it's good news for him that the shots weren't devastating to him. Um uh, it even Ron Rivera even made it sound like maybe he would miss the first four or five weeks of the season. And then that's game. wild. If he comes back after five weeks, that's in, insane. Yeah, after getting so, shot at. Well, that, so uh, that Ohio, that's Ohio the, State player did. The Haskell who? Garrett. Who? He came back. Oh. Haskell Garrett. He came back after a few weeks when he got shot. I don't know how many weeks, but he came back pretty quick. Well, you know, but I he hope, only got I shot once. I hope. Right, uh, right. I mean, uh, even if you get shot once, it doesn't matter, right? <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> well, you still got shot. How do you come back and play? That's it's insane. Well, it depends on where you get <laughs> shot at, right? Where no, I know, but still, it's it's uh, there's a mental part of it too, right? There's yeah. not just a body recovery. There's a mental recovery. No, you got that PTSD of. Well, shit, is this right? Gonna that's what I'm again? saying. He probably has he had probably had serious PTSD. He might have seen his shooter as as players on the field and gone after them. Who knows? I don't. You know. I mean, the bad thing is oh. what happened to him is happening all across America with uh, the carjackings. 
and people yeah. just pulling guns out and shooting random people. So you know, people, if you pull a gun on someone and they got a car, nice car, the odds are most like I would say seventy five percent of those people will give you the car without you having to fucking shoot them. Because they have the nice car and they have the money, they're like, uh, my life is is insured, but like I don't come back from it, even if the policy exactly. Paid. Exactly. Now, well, your you, insurance covers. That's what the insurance is for. Yeah, unless you're one of the unlucky few who run up on somebody that's got like who's like packing serious heat in their car, which you know is about to be the. I never wanted fucking America to turn into the goddamn wild wild west again, where everybody's just packing fucking heat nonstop, and like where you're where you feel like you gotta pack a weapon to go to the fucking grocery store or the park anymore. But that's well, like what our our society has devolved into just fucking dumb animals. That's basically what we are. You know, you know what's crazy? I as you mentioned that I I'm just gonna tell you a quick little tidbit. Like I I was never really into you know owning a gun, purchasing a gun, any anything of that sort. But you know, really, you know, I would say recently I've been wanting to get a gun, but there's laws out there. If I have my medical marijuana card, I can't have. A CCW, I can't have a concealed carry. Yeah. So it's it's either I pick one or the other. So there's states that are giving a lot of people like ultimatums on well, if you want to carry, you have to do this, this, and this. So you're right, but also keep in mind, like Sam, you can't have a concealed carry, but that doesn't stop you from owning a firearm. From carrying, I agree. Home. I agree. I can still um, carry. Based on state law, I can still carry, but I can't conceal and carry. Right. Well, I'm just saying, I'm not even taking it through carry. I'm just saying you can own one to protect your home. Um, you know, uh, but I will say, and Mike, uh, to your point about like, you know, the world uh, becoming the wild west again. I don't feel like it's becoming the wild west. I feel like, you know, unfortunately, you know, we we live in a time where there are a lot of crazy fucking people out there because let's be honest uh, a lot of shit in the past few years has gone down and so police officers are more hesitant to come at people because oh god forbid oh the police are going to give me no if you're a fucking criminal they're going to get you if you're not guess what you're going to move on um, yeah yeah just let them do their job i always say this i just let the motherfuckers do their job man your point and Joe's point is you look a lot of these cops can't do their job because a lot of these criminals are being let right back out. And that's the problem. Listen, I'm gonna tell you a quick little I'm gonna tell you a quick story, bro. Look in the way that I look, right? I look uh I d I don't look like I belong, bro. I look like a foreigner, right? So I got pulled over because my tags were two days expired. This is like a year, two years ago, right? In my town in Michigan, I got pulled over, my tags were literally two days expired. He pulls me over. My car smells like weed. You know, it is what it is. And, you know, he's just like, oh, license registration. I hand it to him. And uh, I'm like, listen, officer, there is uh, seven grams of marijuana. It's in the trunk of the car and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, don't worry about it. You know, you pulled over. You're good. You're complying. Uh, you know, I don't need to bring anyone to search anything. You're good. He's like, you're following protocol. So just sit, sit tight. He comes back. He's like, listen, man, I, I don't see anything under your record for the last 11 years. He's like, go get your tags renewed. He's like, there's a little warning. Get the hell out of here. I was like, all right. And that was my experience with, hey, listen, if you comply, you probably will be treated normally. If you don't comply, you're going to be seen as an asshole. 
No, absolutely. I mean, there's a complete difference for, you know, hey, sir, you know, I know my tags are expired. Um, I apologize. I'm going to get those. It's, you know, I'm, I'm actually planning to get those. By the way, you know, I do have X number of grams of, you know, versus why the fuck did you pull me over, motherfucker? Exactly, exactly. That narrative will piss the cop off, correct? Right. <laughs> it's going to piss anybody off. I mean, let's say you walk into uh, Kroger's. Did I say paper and plastic, motherfucker? Like, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, yeah, I, there's there's levels of assimilation that you just need to accept for the fact that it's there. You know what? Because it does really take care of serious situations. But you know what? There's a universal net. And as someone in, in like, the information technology, you know, I can understand how you can have universal code. You can have code that, that is supposed to affect everything, but it doesn't affect it the same way. doesn't mean that it's wrong. It just needs no. to be accepted. That's all. I'm going to push forward now out of this as, as we have the man, the myth, the legend. As great Bigfoot's here. As a presence on our show we got we got tommy the reigning fantasy football champion joining our show right now so tommy you there can you hear us i got you guys how you doing looks sounds like a crowded tommy, show how much did louis pay you to, to come on the show today be honest <laughs> we brought some beer last night that's what it was it was a little bit of beer, maybe a little bit of Peds. I mean, you know, we don't need to get to the details. All right. Well, I mean, the Peds are, are, are Sam approved, bro. Peds <laughs> so, How's everybody doing? We're we're good, man. We're about ready to talk your favorite college football, man. Uh, we, we we had some fantasy football talk that then we talked about Brian Robinson got shot that delved into a gun and police conversation. So now we're where uh, the ship is getting steered back to sports, uh, we are ready to talk some college football, uh, including your Buckeyes taking on Notre Dame this weekend, first game of the season. Oh, wait. Wait, before we get there, can we talk about Nebraska real quick? Because it, no, it already happened. We don't need to talk about Nebraska right now. We'll get to Nebraska <laughs> in a little bit. I got them on this. I got them on here, but I want to talk about. The game, the the game, the biggest game this weekend. So Nebraska can fucking go on the back burner for a moment. So if you guys just bust my balls for ten minutes about them losing and frost, <laughs> fuck it, I don't give a shit. But there's, I mean, I already know what's going to happen this season. We're going to lose a bunch of other close games, and Frost is going to get fired. Uh, so it is what it fucking is. Um, hey, real quick but, before uh, we talk about Ohio State, um, I just want to let you guys know. So. Uh, Robinson, um, he was shot in the glute and lower leg, um, which both are non-life-threatening. So. Okay. So it sounds like he got shot in the ass and maybe, like, the shins or something like that. And right. so he – like, uh, if it, it hit him in the thigh where that big artery is, I can't remember what it's called, but, like – The femoral artery. That's it. That's it. Thank you. Um, if he'd been shot there – or, like, in the foot or something, or, like, something where it would have fucked up, like, you know, it sounds like he got shot in the best possible place. It, it, it almost reminds me of that scene from The Sopranos where the rapper pays Bobby to shoot him, and he shoots him right in the ass just so he gets street cred. That's what it feels like. He got popped a few times. 
in 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 very strategic places. Although I don't think these gangsters have that kind of marksmanship <laughs> okay. that Bobby the has. Fleshy part of the thigh is what Bobby said. <laughs> I got, I'm, I'm just glad your your wife isn't listening into the show. I mean, you couldn't identify the femoral artery, and she's a doctor. I mean, she might disown you. <laughs> shame, shame. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, there you have it. She's a doctor, okay? If I had if I had to point out some like IT shit to her and have her, she probably wouldn't know what the fuck she was talking about either. So. <laughs> Damn, no wonder Fair enough, went from but... a fucking Honda Civic to a Lexus. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus! Hey man, I drive a Honda Civic, man. Stop hating on the Civic. <laughs> I'm not hating on the Civics. I'm. I would just point out that. Man, so, marrying a doctor paid dividends, huh? I know, you know, big, big, big jump for an IT guy, right? Looks like Louis outplayed his coverage. I did, I did outplay his coverage for sure, for sure. But you know, um, all right, back yeah, to go i can't even I'm anyways on to on to uh, college football tommy what's going on man what do you think about notre dame and, and ohio state well so notre dame's playing the whole underdog card this week um i don't give a shit because i, I didn't say mike i said tommy bro come on oh, i thought you said i didn't hear what you fucking said so uh anyways <laughs> tommy's our guest we were trying to get our fucking guests to, to speak and you're not letting us speak god damn it I'm going to say something halfway controversial to kind of start this thing off, especially coming from me. But I, I kind of, I think Ohio State's getting overhyped a little bit, especially on D. That 17 and a half point spread is way too early for a first year Knowles coach coming in, based on the way the defense has looked the past two, three years. I, I, I don't. I think it's. I think it's wrong, man. I'm sorry. Kick Tommy off this. Like, I'm done with him already. <laughs> so, so, Tommy, you think Vegas got it wrong, man? 17 and a half is too much? I think for, for game one, out of the gate, Notre Dame, yes, it's at home. Yes, it's shoe. Yes, it's prime yeah, time. I like that. Yes, I like they that should pick. win. I like it. But I think I think they're just giving the Buckeye D too much hype before they, they step on the field and play. But are are they just giving the Buckeye the, offense that much hype? That's going to be a legit offense. What? No, that's true. That's true. The Buckeye offense no, is for real. We all know it. I think that was the reason why. I mean, I think they just can, they're going to score at will, and if they stop them two or three times, I think that's why Vegas gave them that 17.5 point spread is one or two stops, and you're going to score on every, almost every possession is what they're thinking well, probably. One of it, and Notre but, Dame doesn't return their starting quarterback. They have a brand-new kid starting, Tyler Buckner. Um, they, they have a new coaching staff. Uh, I, and I honestly, the, all the shit that Marcus Freeman talked about Ohio State, and it, you know, that was his alma mater. I, I think there's bulletin board material for the Buckeyes to come out. They're, they're going to look to make a statement, and I, I think they beat Notre Dame 48 to 24. I, I, you know, first game of the season, not getting any. But the narrative can go the other way, you know, Mike. Too, you know, where, where you have a, you know a fresh starting quarterback flashing the pan type of deal. Where that spread is not covered, that seventeen and a half is not covered. Dude, not on the road, not in college, not not. You're going to 
Ohio. Now, Sam's got to watch what he's saying. Don't crush. Don't talk shit about my Buckeyes. One of the one of the toughest one of the toughest road venues. Me Buckeyes is like a dessert or like a chocolate treat, bro. So relax. Anyways, <laughs> Ohio State is the toughest venue. Fucking Christ. <laughs> <laughs> See, Tommy, this is what happens when you join the show, man. I know, man. This is getting it's getting heated. I like it. Uh, I, I will I will agree with Tommy to a point with the defense. Absolutely. I, I think the Buckeyes last year were exposed their first game of the year last year against Minnesota, where they could not stop the run to save their life, and then Oregon exposed it. And that blueprint was out there for every single team to follow, and they didn't follow it until Michigan followed it. I, I agree with Tommy. I think the defense is – there's a lot of worry on that side of the ball still. But I I, I see him beating them by 17 and a half just because I don't think Notre Dame is going to be able to stop that offense. Yeah, but I'm going to I'm gonna turn the knife in the wound a little bit. And, yeah, I mean, point to the Michigan game last year. Offense was average at best. Our offense was still still top of the line. I mean, we had – one of the best offenses in college football, and yet Michigan with a mediocre offense and pretty stellar defense, I mean, kicked their ass. Because <laughs> they couldn't stop the run. That was their. That was what hurt the Buckeyes all year, all year long, is they couldn't stop the run, and that was the recipe to to beat them. And you take away the ball out of the offensive hands, they can't get into that rhythm. They're not going to score like they they normally do. Yeah, nonetheless, Buckeyes, Buckeyes get the W. I'm going to say, let's say 38-28. Damn, Louis, we should put that one on the uh, pyramid of punishment. If that doesn't come <laughs> through, if they, if they do more than 10, then Tommy needs to No, we only have do it for the NFL games. We don't have a college pick them. So we don't have I know that, too many I, games. I, I, just, I was just trying to get Tommy involved. Gee, <laughs> Tommy can come in on the Friday shows for the for the NFL Pick'em if he wants to, where we randomly draw the the helmets out of a out of a hat and we have to take whatever point spread that team has. So, um, I, I don't know. We'll see about Ohio State. Notre Dame, like I said, breaking in breaking in a new quarterback, new coaching staff on the road. Big time pressure game. Uh, one of those games where I could see if Ohio State comes out early and punches Notre Dame in the mouth, Notre Dame's going to feel like they're kind of in quicksand. Where the the more they press, the the faster they sink. Um, I just I don't see it ending very well for Notre Dame. Even when Notre Dame has had teams when they've gone against the Buckeyes, they've gotten smoked. So uh, history, the last fifteen years has not been on uh, Notre Dame's side. Um. A couple other big-time football games that have playoff implications. Uh, Utah starts their playoff campaign uh, by playing at Florida. Florida has a new head coach in Billy Napier after the Dan Mullen go. Uh, Utah had a great game with Ohio State last year in the Rose Bowl. Um, They were basically going score for score. Um, Utah has a lot of pieces back, including their uh, starting quarterback, um, they play in the Pac-12, which is not the strongest conference. Um, so I, I think Utah, if they can, 
figure out a way to go undefeated and win the Pac-12. They got a they got a shot at making the playoffs. But they got to start now. They need a big win at Florida. That that would if they go in to Florida, even though Florida's you know coming off a disappointing season with a new coach, they go into Florida and win by like two scores or more. I think uh, there's going to be a lot of people being like, "Wow, Utah's Utah's legit this season." You got them going getting by USC, the new re- revamp USC. I do, I do. I okay. Um, Utah, Utah is a three point underdog, or uh, sorry, three point favorite Florida on the road. Um. So, but, you know, I'll tell you this. I know USC's revamped with Lincoln Riley. I think Riley's going to go like 9-3 this year. I think he's going to need at least one more season before he has USC. I think next season is the year USC maybe starts to show that they're a a contender. Um, so, we'll see, though. That game's October 15th, Utah against USC. But USC has to come to Utah. So, We'll see what happens. But I, I like Utah to beat Florida. I, I don't think Florida – I don't think – first game of the season uh, for Florida with the new staff, I think that's a tough game. I, I don't think there's any chance uh, they beat Utah in this one. But I did pick Utah to make the college football playoff alongside Alabama and Ohio State. So, if they lose to Florida, that pick's pretty much dead in the fucking water. Yeah, pretty much. I don't know. I don't think I don't. I don't see Utah making the playoffs this year. I I, I honestly I think USC. Like uh, I think Josh mentioned. I think they're at least going to play upset to Utah at least, if not make a solid run. Even though they are going to be a year or two early, they're going to catch people by surprise based on the talent that was on the roster that wasn't being fully utilized and coached. And he's bringing in his quarterback, right, from Oklahoma, that we know can play. And that receiver from Pittsburgh that transferred in, too, that's legit. I think they said USC had one of the best um, pickups of, of the, uh, the, you know, just the guys on the transfer or the waiver wire. Yeah. I oh, mean, yeah, they, 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 picked they, up, they picked up uh, a lot of good receivers. Uh, the quarterback, obviously, and I think there was another running back uh, that transferred in, too, that was uh, really good. So I'm not sleeping on USC. I, I think Lincoln Riley can have them uh, come up and, and ready to play. He, he's not going to be like uh, Chip Kelly, who just can't get can't get over his Oregon stint. Uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. It's I mean, the Pac-12 doesn't play defense either, though, so it's not like Lincoln Riley's going from the Big 12 to, like, the SEC or the Big 10. Uh, Pac-12 doesn't play much defense either. So, I don't know. I, USC's got a shot as good as anybody. I just – I don't really see it happening this season. But time will tell, I guess. Um, then the other – there's two more big games this weekend. The Bearcats uh, – playing Arkansas, and then Oregon playing Georgia. Oregon's new head coach, Dan Lanning, was the defensive coordinator at Georgia last season. Um, I I don't know. I think Oregon is going to be dead in the water. I know they're close to a top-ten team, but I just – 
whenever you got these defensive guys that come in to, like, certain schools, I just – Oregon doesn't strike me as, like, a school that, that is can be successful with a defensive-minded head coach. They've always had – when they've been really successful, they've always had offensive-minded guys running the show, whether it was Mike Bellotti or Chip Kelly – uh, or even like Mario Cristobal was uh, was uh, spent his years as an offensive line coach, and now they're bringing in they're bringing in uh, Dan Landing. I I don't know. I don't. I feel like Oregon's going to take a huge step back this year, but I definitely don't think they're hanging with Georgia in game one. I think I think Oregon's going to get blown, get the fucking wheels blown off him. <laughs> Yeah, you know, there's always this, like, false hope, I feel like, for these teams, these perennial teams like in Oregon who, who has always been offensive-minded, offensive powerhouse in most years, if you will, and they bring in this defensive coach like they're going to be able to keep the offense the way it is and then build up the defense, right? And it just it never pans out, like you said. I, I think those teams that, that have the um, the offensive-minded tradition need to bring in, like, a, like a heavy-duty D.C., you know, someone that that uh, maybe led a defensive-minded program as their coordinator, per se. Yeah, I mean that wouldn't be a bad idea if Landing was like hired as like the defensive coordinator, but <clears throat> as head coach, I'm not I'm not really sure. Especially, it always makes me nervous. <clears throat> excuse me, um, giving the keys to the car to someone who has never been a head coach before at a big-time program. Like it is, it's a lot. You, the recruiting, the 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 pressure, uh, pleasing uh, all the fucking boosters and shit. Uh, constantly like having to be like a politician. It works sometimes, you know. But Dan Lanning has never been a head coach before. He was a graduate assistant at Alabama as early as 2015, uh, and then he was outside linebackers coach at Georgia for a year, and then he was their defensive coordinator and outside linebackers coach from 2019 to 2021. No college, like, you know, there's been some coaches who have no, you know, head coach experience that turn out to be very good. But I just, it kind of makes me nervous um, uh, quite a bit. Like Ryan Day is one of those coaches who had never been a head coach before, before he got the Ohio State job. Uh, but he got to learn in the NFL for several seasons, and he got to learn under Urban Meyer. And I think he was ready when that time came. But I, I don't know. We'll see. I'm not. I'm not a huge fan of the Dan Landing hire by Oregon. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you guys are right. If you go back off of Nick Saban's uh, coaching tree, when they're defensive coaches, it seems like they always struggle at the beginning. They always lose two, three, four games in their first year coaching. So I, I can I can see Oregon losing three, four games right off the bat this year. Yeah. Especially if this game goes. So you think the Bearcats can, can make a run, make this first game against Arkansas competitive? They've they've lost a lot of talent. They did lose a lot of talent. They lost their quarterback. I don't even know who Cincinnati's starting quarterback is this season, but they lost their running back Jerome Ford. I they lost Sauce Gardner. Um, I, I don't know, man. I, I it's tough. Although Luke Fickle has done such a great job that um, I, it's hard to count against him. But I, 
dude. I don't. I don't know, man. It's it's just going to be. Did, uh, it's going to be a very. Did Arkansas ahead, return the quarterback from last year? I think so. I think they returned a lot. Well, of, he, in fact, I think they returned quite a bit. Yeah. So I, I mean, I I don't see Cincinnati pulling the upset. I think they go in and lose because that Arkansas quarterback was pretty legit when he was on. Um, and then I just don't think UC has enough talent on the offensive side to keep up with that right now. So I, I would say the Buckeyes lose the first game. Or not the Buckeyes. The Buckeyes. The Bearcats. The Bearcats. <laughs> wow. Like, oh, yeah, don't don't predict from? the future, man. That might actually happen. <laughs> so I, I do have I do have one question for, for our, our host here regarding Nebraska. Not not the question you might think, but yes. Scott Frost's yeah. performance over the last several years coaching tarnish his legacy with Nebraska. Not not as a player, but definitely I think it's tarnished his legacy as a coach. I, I in fact, if Frost gets fired here in a few weeks, like what's being predi- pre- predicted, then I don't know if Frost gets another head coaching job again. Um, and you know, he might, maybe he'll go be quarterback coach or offensive coordinator somewhere, but I, I just feel like he has caved into the pressure of being the head coach of Nebraska and being touted as the guy to bring us back. And I think, I think it was too much pressure and he's collapsed under it, just like his team's collapsed under pressure. I, it's to be, well, what's, what is weird Go and ahead. what is weird is you look at you you uh, his previous head coaching UC, UCF is that what it was yeah they were yeah, they were really good and they were winning these one score games when they when they needed to so it's a lot easier. what happened between go go ahead what happened between what so so what so what happened between his coaching style there compared to Nebraska I understand it's a bigger conference and all that stuff but. Come on, you you should know how to win these one-score games. I mean, this is eight, seven straight games now. Eight, eight straight, and he's zero and fifteen in in one-score games. Zero and fifteen. Yeah. Uh, I mean, honestly, if he wins half of these one-score games, Nebraska's probably been bowling for a couple of years now, instead of uh, five straight seasons without a bowl game. I mean. It's you know you win you flip you know one you know one to three of these one score losses in a season to wins and all of a sudden you're like seven and five or eight and four instead of you know three and nine and four and eight so uh, it's just they can't close out and it feels like what it feels like is in the second half if the team gets close to them like let's say it's a twenty eight twenty four game they start to feel that weight. And I, I, I honestly can say this. I feel like if Nebraska just wins one of these fucking games, they, they manage to pull out a 24-21 to 21 win, all of a sudden that pressure is gone. They're not thinking about it. And, and It's then, like getting the monkey off their back then. Exactly, exactly. But I don't know if Frost is the guy to do it. They got – this season, they probably have their most talented team they've had in a long time, in a long time. But, uh, you know, their edge rushers with Ochan Mathis, who, who transferred from TCU, who had 11 sacks last season, 
They got a defensive tackle transferred from Alabama who played in all 12 games last year, and he had like 10 tackles for losses um, along with a, uh, like, like three or four sacks. The, the receivers with Trey Palmer who transferred from LSU and Casey Thompson at quarterback, this is probably one of their best teams that they've had. But I thought we were going to come in and we were going to blow out Northwestern. I, I really did. I really thought we were going to come out play loose, beat the shit out of Northwestern, and have some confidence. But you saw it in the second half after they went for the onside kick up 28-17, to 17, and they didn't get it. And, and Northwestern went down and scored to make it 28-24. They went three and out four straight drives after that. They just don't know, they don't know how to face adversity in the third and fourth. They, they don't. They don't. And so Frost has to go. He has to go. Uh, but after October 1st, it's a million-and-a-half-dollar buyout to get him out, and I think that's what we're going to wait for. If, if somehow we come out and we beat Oklahoma, maybe we're, you know, three. Did you just say somehow beat Oklahoma? Yeah, somehow beat Oklahoma. If we somehow beat Oklahoma, we beat the other small schools, North Dakota and Georgia Southern, that we got coming up in the next few weeks, and we're out to, like, a 4-1 and one start after October, I think Frost will make it through to the end of the season to see what else we do in Big Ten Conference play. But if we lose to Oklahoma and then we come out and I, I forget, I think, who we who are one of our other conference opponents is, might be like Indiana or something, but if we start off like the Big Ten season 0-3, I, I don't see how he makes it to the end of the season. And it, I already think the next head coach for Nebraska is already on staff right now. I, I think they would promote Mickey Joseph the head coach at Nebraska. I, I think Nebraska so. needs to look out, right? Because they, they could very well be, I mean, the next Notre Dame of this, you know, this era, right? I mean, for a while there, Notre Dame was viewed as the unwinnable program, and coaches actually stayed away from the program, even though the history and the clout that they had, because they knew they couldn't be successful there. And now you've got a Nebraska on their, what, third, second or third straight coach in, uh, you know, third or six fourth, years, seven years. Fourth, fourth coach fourth? Since, since, since Solich was fired. They went Callahan, Polini, Riley, and Frost. So, All right, so fourth coach, had, even worse. Yeah. And on top of that, right, and here's the kicker, right? If the fourth coach in Frost, who was, you know, obviously a legendary player for the program, can't get that university and pick it up, who can Exactly. I don't, I don't know, man. Urban Meyer. Oh, I think it's the very time. <laughs> I just, I, you know, anymore, I just, I can't even talk about it. I can't watch it. I, I, I But it's like I can't not watch it. Every week I'm like, I'm not going to watch the fucking game. I'm not going to watch the game until they start turning things around. But every every weekend, like a fucking moron, there I am in front of the game, in front of the TV, Watching the fucking Huskers play, even though it fucking kills me. So I, we'll see what happens. You know, it's, it yeah, is what Red, it is. Red and do that all the time, anyways, buddy. Don't worry about it. <laughs> What's that? What did you say? I said the Red and Bengals fans have been doing that for years, so don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> There's always next year, guys. There's always next year. <laughs> God damn! At least I, I, I'm hoping the Bengals don't fucking choke it up this year. Oh man, that's I mean, 
Fuck. If the Bengals are shit and Nebraska shit this year, it's going to be a long football season. So, oh, so Josh is skipping his things that piss him off. Hey, you should be used to that, though. I mean, outside of last year, you should be used to shit seasons, right? I don't, I don't, don't, don't talk to me about shit seasons, Jets boy. Okay. Hey, I'm used to it. I'll accept it gladly. All right. The difference is you said maybe, maybe this, maybe that. Well, we got a franchise quarterback. The Jets do not. So there's the difference. Zach Wilson. Is Wait, not a franchise that, that Jets team did beat that franchise quarterback last year, though. Just throwing that out there. They I mean, it's okay. We don't want to rub salt into the wounds. I mean, you guys went all the way to the Super Bowl, but you didn't walk away with it, did you? Too soon. Too soon, Sam. Sam, Too soon. Sam just put a jihad on the show with that comment. So, I mean, (laughs) fuck you. It's a Peds, man. (laughs) I I can't. I can't, man. It is. Oh, gee. I, I, we'll see. I hope the Bengals can make the playoffs this year, but I don't know. It's like I don't. I don't know anything about sports anymore. So, um, on that note, wrap up the show, bro. <laughs> well, I actually did ninety-minute show, Dickwad. So we still haven't gotten to segment three. I, I did a ninety-minute show because we had Tommy on the show today. So, oh, um, I didn't know that. Okay, to- Bigfoot. Yeah, I wanted to extend out the show a little bit since Tommy is gracious with his presence uh, here. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen the movie X yet. Have, has anybody watched that movie, the horror movie X, at all? Anybody here on the show? Tommy, Joe, Joe, or Tommy, Joe, Josh, Sam? Nope. No. Nope. Nope. Okay. Nope. Never heard of it. So X, X has... Kid Tutty in it, and it has a few other actors that nobody gives a shit about. It was a pretty good movie. And it was disturbing, but for the wrong reasons. But basically, the movie was about a group of people that go shoot a porno at some weird fucking farmhouse place. And they start getting killed. But that wasn't the disturbing part, even though it was like Debbie Does Dallas meets Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The disturbing part was... watching porn again? I don't know how we circle back to you choking your chicken, man. I did not. <laughs> we did. It took us a whole joke. hour, but we got back there, baby. Josh loves to recycle the same shit. <laughs> That's what he does. All right, so anyways, what happened? The disturbing part was they have this old woman in the movie who apparently is wanting the dick, and she gets jealous that all these young people are having sex. And she tries to fuck some of the dudes in the movie, and she's, like, 70 years old, and she totally gets full-blown naked in the movie. It was really tough to watch, especially when she's trying to give a handy to some guy, and he's, like, resisting her, and then she just stabs him 65 times because he rejected her. But that was the most disturbing part of the whole movie was the old lady fucking tits that we had to watch on in the fucking movie. That was... Easily the most disturbing thing that I've seen in quite some time, and it, but the, overall the movie was not. Where would you rank that as far as like disturbing other disturbing movies? Like where would you rank that as far as on the list? Let's say top three. Keep it short. Not top three, probably top five. I think the most disturbing movie that I've ever seen <laughs> in my entire life was The Exorcism of Emily Rose. But 
I, I like I said, it wasn't the horror part of X that bothered me. It was definitely, and also there was a scene where the two old people are full blown banging each other on a bed. Uh, wow! No, but there are there are, there are movies out there that outdo it by like a mile, man. I'm sure there is, but that that was that was pretty disturbing. Just watching, you know, the chick is hiding from the crazy old lady under the bed, and she's sitting there listening to them. It would be like being stuck in the room while your while your grandparents bang each other. I just I feel like that is one of the most disturbing things that I can imagine. But I'm sure there's other equally or worse things that have happened in movies like the human centipede is probably the most actually i take that back the human centipede is the most disturbing yeah, i was gonna say that, that i was just gonna say the human centipede i'll piss on your grave that's another one i'll piss on your grave was a great movie though but that was so fucking disturbing dude like it was so, the the first before the intermission hits it's just absolute mayhem disturbance to the like to the core but was it that? Let me let me ask you, Sam, because I I think I've seen it before. But isn't I'll piss on your grave the story of the chick? She gets like raped by a bunch of dudes in the woods, right? In some in some hillbilly like backwoods type of area. Yeah. But yeah. she lives and she and she gets her revenge on every single that, one of those dudes in like very bad ways. That's not I piss on your grave. Like that that sounds like a bad porn. Jesus Christ! If I spit on your grave, I'll spit on your grave. Is it? No, no, no. The original is all piss on your grave. I, I'm pretty sure that's it. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, the the original was that name, and then they changed it when they and, redid and it. And now we figured out where the old lady from uh, Mike's Porno came from. <laughs> Since you're controlling the sound soundboard, I can't hit the womp, 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 but, like, you get that for that. Right. Okay. I did that for you, Sam. Since since uh, you didn't, thanks. You, thanks. I, I hit you with that one. So, um, hey, yeah. I, I appreciate I'll, the show extension, but I gotta I gotta run, unfortunately. <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, thank you. Big for, for, big for us to claim his next victim, man. See you, Tommy. All right, thanks, Tommy. Thanks for <laughs> Take care, boys. Football session, buddy. All right. All right. So we got about twenty three minutes left. Uh, Tommy made a quick appearance to talk some college football, but uh, we, we didn't get the comedic side out of Tommy that we normally kind of see, but that's okay. We weren't really talking about, we were more sports oriented this show. What, what I can say is if you guys want to, I don't really have anything else for tonight. Uh, I, I wasn't sure how long today was going to go. So I gave, gave us an extra 30 minutes in case we needed it, but we can end. The can, we, show. can we wrap up? Can we wrap up with some, with some uh, uh, wrestling stuff from Josh? Because I know uh, there's a couple of things that happened recently yeah. in wrestling. Let's go for it. Go for it, Sam. If you got it, if you got the yeah. stuff. So, so Josh, what go do you think it, about like Sasha Banks coming back? I I like Sasha Banks, but I also hate her attitude. Do you think it's a big enough? Uh, do you think it's a big enough name to kind of sort of, you know, make a big deal about it or no? Not anymore. Um, I mean, I was reading she was at that fan fest. Uh, a few weeks back, she charged like $30,000 just to show up. Or, um, and then when she was taking pictures with fans, she was like a foot, of, a foot away from each of the fans. So not really a great fan experience, especially since they're paying 100 to $200 just to get a picture with her. So maybe it was due to COVID, but everything I'm hearing, it's just that's just the way she is. She She's not very friendly to fans. 
Uh, I've read multiple articles of her dissing fans, not really being genuine with them. Um, she's all right. I mean, I mean, she's all right. Not a big fan of her. I'd rather have right. Naomi come back and do her little shit stick with the glow. Right. And I, I mean, it, okay. It's, well, I that, just wanted that, to talk some cool. some wrestling before we wrap up the that, show. So, like, any thoughts on anything else? Please um, chime in. Well, you got one AEW thing I would, I would like to see. Um, Go ahead. Dude. Is if they get if they can get Naomi back, put the strap on her, and have her join the Bloodline. That way, they have the tie, the tag titles. They have the Universal, uh, WWE title, and the women's title. All in that. And then if they get Sami Zayn to win the Intercontinental Champion, I mean, that's that's a legit group right there. Probably, I think, probably I ranked up there with the I think Roman Reigns is dropping the title at Clash at the Castle. Uh, yeah, I, I think he's I – I don't think he's going to drop it at Clash. I think he's going to drop one of the titles um, to get it back on to Monday Night Raw. So I don't think they're going to have them drop both of them. I think they're going to have them drop one of them. And that could happen with, uh, shit, uh, the other guy that just came back. Uh, yeah, what was his fucking name? Gargano. Johnny Gargano. No, or Cross. No. I like no. Gargano. He, he, he was a bald-headed guy. He can't he, – What's your champion? He's, his girlfriend Scarlet. His wife is Scarlet. Bordeaux. Uh, fucking clue. I can't believe I can't remember that guy's name right now. Uh, we'll we'll get back to that one. I. This I'm, is where producer Joe is supposed to jump in with the name. Joe, where you at, man? I'm looking for it. Karen Karen Cross. That's it. Carrying Cross. I said Carrying Cross oh. five minutes ago. Oh, I didn't hear you. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I think I think with him back in the fold, you could you could put the title on him, have him go back to Monday Night Raw, and then he could start feuding with Seth Rollins or Riddle. Um, there's also an article saying they they're trying to bring possibly Braun Strowman back. Uh, they're talking to him right yeah. now, so that would All be great. But he's supposed to bring back the fiend, right? Hopefully, hopefully. Um, I I did like the Johnny Gargano surprise. That was legit. Uh, especially him coming out and feuding with Theory right off the bat. Maybe they put that uh, briefcase up up for grabs between the two. Man, I got caught. All right, Mike, I think that wraps up our wrestling segment, man. I think well, we can uh, well, those wrap up the show. As those pay-per-views inch a little closer, I think. Clash at the Castle. Are they the same weekend, Josh? Clash at the Castle and All Out? Uh, they might actually be. I think they're both this weekend. Not this Is it this Yeah, you might be right. Clash at the Castle is this weekend and All Out is I, I September 4th, Saturday Sunday. All Out Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, wow. This is a, is this the first time AEW has had uh, a, a pay per view on the same weekend as WWE? No, no. They've had it before. Uh, they've had usually okay. WWE used to have it on Sundays. 
and right. AEW had them on on Saturdays. Now, for some reason, uh, WWE starting to have others on Saturdays now, for some odd reason. I mean, but honestly, that's the way. I think they want to stay away from football. That's smart. And not, and also, people can stay up and watch it. it you know, when they used to have those pay-per-views on Sunday, that would start at like 8 o'clock and go to 11.30. People all have to work on Monday. Maybe they're still in the UFC's thunder with the whole Saturday night. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So. All right, guys. Good show far on a Monday here. We will be back at it again on Friday. We will be taking uh, uh, off Labor Day Monday, uh, folks. So for our listeners, uh, there will be no show on Monday on Labor Day. Everybody's going to be got plans and cooking out and doing things. But we will have our big Friday NFL show on the, the Friday after following Labor Day. Uh, so we will be back at it again on Friday. We'll probably have a lot more pro wrestling talk on Friday as Monday Night Raw will have taken place as well as AEW Dynamite. So more talk, previewing that stuff. But uh, uh, thank you for listening. Um, also wanted to uh, mention that uh, I didn't get to tell Josh and Joe this, but our, our podcast was added to the Wisdom app um, uh, in the Wisdom platform, and we got basically the equivalent of the Twitter blue check mark for going over there. Uh, so – Big news there. Uh, our average downloads have hit about 11,200 uh, so far, so we're keeping climbing. Uh, so thanks to everybody for the hard work, putting up good content, making it entertaining. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, but that's all the time we got. We will be back at it on Friday. So thanks, folks. Hey, Josh, this buzz for you, man. <laughs> we cover all bases, face it, you can't erase us Back and forth, watch where it takes us Cultural topics for sports, baby, you know we got it Always our response is amazing All bases covered, yeah Yeah, you know you love it, our thoughts, they be off of the dome First to the second, the topics, they change like the weather Then you know we bringing it home We cover all bases, face it.